0: Hey, it's Kia and welcome back to a little bit richer. Okay, cast your mind back. We all remember starting that first full-time job, getting excited to get paid, and then come payday, wondering where the hell a third of our money had gone. The answers all lie in your payslip, and I want to make that little bit of paper make sense. How hard can it be? Asesh Sarkar is going to join me to help rip apart those payslips. Not literally, they're mostly digital now anyway. Anyway, Asesh is the global CEO and co-founder of Salary Finance, a leading employee financial wellness platform. He's also the chair of trustees of MyBank, which runs financial education programmes for 5 to 25-year-olds. He knows his stuff. Esesh, let's start with the basics. You get your payslip and there's a lot of deductions. What are the main ones and what are they for?
1: So if we take it right from the beginning, so you get your payslip. A recent survey showed that one in four people don't actually look at their payslip. And another one in four people do look at it, but don't really understand it. So one in two people aren't really getting much value from their payslip. So a payslip, I kind of think of a little bit as a book or a story. A story has a beginning, it has a middle and it has an end. And so on every payslip, you have a beginning, which is your gross pay. And what that means is that's the amount of money you earn, the top line. So if you work, if you're hourly paid and let's say you earn £10 an hour, If in the month you've done 10 hours, then your gross pay is £100 for that month. Or if you get a salary, let's say you earn £12,000, £1,000 a month, then your gross pay is £1,000 for that month. So that's like the beginning of the story. Like you say, there's deductions and other things. The middle of the story is then these deductions, so things which come out. And so there are uh, universal deductions, things which everyone has to pay over a certain level of income, uh, and other deductions which are specific to your employer and any benefits you may have taken up. And then once those deductions are taken, you get to the end of the story, which is your net pay. And that is how much you take into your bank account at the end. And, you know, like with most stories, most happens in the middle. And so if I kind of maybe pick on two of the common deductions and two of the big ones, so that's tax. One of those taxes is income tax and the other is national insurance. So income tax is typically a big chunk. Income tax is collected by the government or by HMRC and they use that money for public services. So whether it's you know funding schools, hospitals, roads, other emergency services, that's how the kind of country is funded. And when you're calculating income tax, it kind of depends what your tax code is and how much you earn. So on your payslip you'll see a tax code, some digits and some letters usually, and what that tells you is what's called your personal allowance which means how much you can earn without having to pay any tax. For most people, if you earn less than £100,000, that is about £12,700. And so that's your kind of tax-free amount. So if you earn under that, you don't have to pay any tax. If you earn above that, then you are a taxpayer. And then you pay one of three rates of tax, a basic amount, a higher amount, or an additional amount. That's the first chunk. The second chunk is national insurance. And so, again, this goes to the government. But this money the government uses to fund if you're ever unemployed, if you're ill, retirement. And they kind of use this money to kind of fund those. As it happens, you know, I'm going to um, visit my mum later. I need to take it to hospital. And so sometimes people can view deductions and taxes as negative. But but equally, you know, we're fortunate to live in a country with kind of great services. Um, and so the money does kind of go towards that. And national insurance is a little bit like income tax in a calculation. You have an amount of income uh, below which you don't have to pay anything. I think that's around, again, about 12500 mm-hmm. If you earn below that, then you don't have to pay anything twelve thousand five hundred to around fifty thousand you pay twelve percent of what you earn and above fifty thousand it then drops down to two percent for that incremental income. And so they're the kind of two big kind of universal deductions. Overall that's the kind of the, the story of a payslip. You start with your gross pay, what comes in, you have your deductions that come out, and then you have your net pay at, at the end.
0: I think that was a great breakdown. I've got a pay slip here <laughs> so we have a good example to have a look <laughs> yes. at. So you mentioned tax, so often yep. that's referred as P-A-Y-E that's right yeah pay as you earn exactly exactly. so that is the tax that you mentioned first and then we've got national insurance which is also on there so I think it's really good like you said even the tax code I think a lot of people don't realise that the tax code is important like you said it denotes your personal allowance amount but it's also important to make sure you're on the right tax code I think that often happens to a lot of people who move jobs I know that happened to me when I went to one of my jobs I was on the wrong tax Mm. code got tax a large amount yeah But it's always good to keep on top of that. That's why if you're part of the one and two, hopefully from listening to this episode, you will change that. So you touched on the fact that there are other deductions. So let's go into that a little bit. What other deductions could you also see on your payslip?
1: Yeah, so other deductions tend to be employer specific kind of things which your employer offer and then kind of what you choose to take up from your employer. So one of those is pensions. Actually, all employers in the UK now offer a pension pension. Uh, and so if you choose to do that, then you'll see that on your payslip as as well. Um, and so that leaves your payslip and then you'll see that money going into a pension pot somewhere. Another example is, you know, employers quite often uh, offer employee benefits. So, you know, something like cycle to work is quite common in the UK. And so that's where essentially your company gives you a loan to buy a bike. That amount, you don't have any tax on, so you're essentially saving on that tax amount, and then you repay that with a monthly fee until the bike is paid off. Or about 5 million employees in the UK can access what my company offers, which is called salary finance, and that is if you take a loan, we can collect repayments on payroll to allow you to get a low interest rate. Equally, we allow you to save directly from your salary as well. And there are a host of other things, you know, if you have any student loans that could come off it as well. But it is always really worth taking a look at that deductions line, whether it's tax, whether it's something else, just to make sure you're not overpaying because these things happen every pay slip, and if you're overpaying even a little bit every pay slip, then it can start to add up.
0: Exactly, exactly that. So I think when it comes to talking about our money and having a, having a look and see how much money we've got, I find that payday is a really good day to budget. That's definitely what I do anyway with yeah. my money. So. It's a good time to put away money into different pots, whether it's going out, saving money, you know, all those kinds of things and bills. Do you have any advice for our listeners when it comes to budgeting and almost like the best practices for that?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think it's important to remember the world we live in is a world in which billions of pounds is spent enticing us to spend our money. And when we're fortunate to live in a great world where there's pretty cool things to buy endless very cool things to buy. And so every day you're being enticed, whether it's, you know, you're watching a reel, watching TV, you're on your computer looking at an ad, like everything you look, whether it's people talking, there is just this constant opportunity to buy very cool things. And like I say, unless you buy, budget. And unless you take the time to budget, you will just continually spend and then you're kind of out of control of your finances and it becomes quite challenging. I think the process of budgeting is really important. And like you say, the payday is a really good time to reflect on how the last month has gone or whatever frequency you get paid on and then kind of what you want to do in the next month as well. Personally I was born in in a city, not a huge amount of wealth. My my parents are first generation migrants. You know, I've done reasonably well and so I have kind of more money now. So I've seen people across the kind of income income spectrum. And it's definitely not the case that, you know, money equals happiness. You could be happy with any level of money but, what tends to be the case is if you're in control of your finances, you do have a level of peace and a level of happiness. and if you're not in control, no matter how much money you have, you kind of don't don't have that. And so I always recommend you know regardless of your income and your position, being in control is independent of that. And so, in terms of you know a lot of financial kind of planners kind of recommend something which makes a lot of sense, I follow as well. Yes, yeah, so if you look at your expenses and your budget, you kind of put it into three categories, things you have to spend, you need to spend. And so, you know, you need a roof over your head. You need food. You need to pay your bills. There's any things you want. And so maybe you like, you know, some nice clothes on a nice holiday. That's kind of fine as well. And then there's also, you know, kind of saving for your goals, because, you know, as you get older, you, you are going to want to progress in life. You are going to want to deposit on a house and other things. And the general rule of thumb is that you have fifty percent of your income, which goes on your needs. You have thirty percent of your income, which goes on your wants, and that's you know quite a decent amount on things which you enjoy, um, and twenty percent on your future goals to allow you to be progressing in life as well. And then you know d- different people have different preferences, and you know you you can allocate. But just kind of being thoughtful about that, I think, is is quite helpful. Uh, it just allows you to have some uh, kind of some balance.
0: No, I agree. I think it's good to have. A baseline i think sometimes if you are coming to it you know for the first time you don't know where to start i think mm-hmm. it is good to like you say put it down 50 30 20 it's a good way to look at your money but right now where we are for many of us especially at the moment it's a struggle to make ends meet and with the money that's left over in deductions it can be a bit hard okay. so it's time for the question i'm asking everyone you've got your pay money's in your account But what are the three things that you can do to try and get yourself a little bit richer?
1: So number one is budgeting. Really important. Very few people do it. Life is definitely very tough at the moment it gets even harder without a budget. So I think number one is, you know, looking at your expenses, categorise them, and just kind of making sure it's more organic to make sense. Number two is pay yourself first. And so rather than saving at the end of the month, in case there's any money left over, save at the beginning and let the rest of your pay kind of cover your, your expenses. And number three, employers offer really great benefits, discounts sometimes, whether it's a loan or savings direct from your salary. It's really worth taking kind of maximum advantage of that because whilst we're all one person, the benefit of an employer is they have lots of people working there so they can negotiate better rates and you may as well take take advantage of it. So yeah, I think definitely have a budget. Save first to give yourself a buffer and then to take advantage of all of the benefits your employer has.
0: That's some amazing tips and I completely agree, especially on the employer element because I've definitely managed to get some good tickets to go <laughs> to the theme park. Some yeah, good absolutely. Discount. But Asesh, thank you so much. You have given so much insightful knowledge to our listeners so thank you for coming on Thank you for having me Now then you heard a and I chatting about pensions, student loans and all that stuff but we're on the clock and I know you're busy these episodes have to be short so I'm going to dig deeper into all of this Episode 3 is about pensions It's easy to think that they're only for people in the late 30s but that couldn't be further from the truth You'll see In the meantime if you're enjoying the podcast hit follow and tell your friends It's two things that will really help Okay, next week, pensions. See you later.